If you will, please take your Bibles and turning them to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. I bet if you turn in almost the middle of your Bible, you'll land in Isaiah and would love for you to follow along with us in God's Word. And before we begin, can I just say that wherever you are, wherever you may be, I miss you. I miss being with you. I was on vacation when uh, the outbreak uh, happened and when things started getting canceled, so I haven't been before a congregation to preach in almost a month now. And so it is still, though, my privilege to preach God's Word to you this morning from these great words of comfort and encouragement, Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 3. This is God's holy, inerrant, authoritative word to us this morning. But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word that is true. That is true today, yesterday, and always will be. In all of time and all of circumstances. Father, we thank you now for these words of truth. And may they be a healing balm on our souls. Father, help us to focus on you and who you are. Through your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Years ago, my wife and I lived in Florida. We were from Mississippi, but we lived in Pensacola, Florida. And we would travel back and forth to see family. And oftentimes, we would do that on Saturday night so I could be... Uh, present Sunday morning for the church that I was serving in. I remember years ago, one Saturday evening, we're traveling down Highway 49, uh, going from Jackson, Mississippi, down toward the coast to get to Pensacola, and it is one of the worst storms I've ever been in in my life. It's pitch black dark, the rain is coming down hard, we're on one of those stretches where there's just nothing, there's no one It is a very, very uh, isolated place. And like the good godly driver that I am, I start complaining about how the roads are not striped well and how terrible this stretch of highway is and the Department of Transportation should take care of this, only to realize that, in fact, my lights were going dim and that is why I could not see. Because in the middle of this storm... The alternator in our vehicle was going out, and we were losing power to the vehicle and caught in this isolated stretch of road in the middle of a storm with nowhere to stop. And so what did I do? I started singing Amazing Grace. (laughs) My wife said at that point she wasn't worried until I started singing Amazing Grace. (laughs) That's all I could think of at this time when we were scared and worried in the middle of the storm. Started singing Amazing Grace. In times of crisis, in times of fear, 
in times of worry. God's people have not only been called to pray and to worship, but to sing. We sing to the Lord. I think that that has been one of the great blessings of this crisis that we find ourselves in. I don't know about you, but in our home, we've been singing more. Singing and listening to music, listening to hymns and worship songs to encourage us, to give us hope, to give us a a trust in the Lord by singing to Him. I can remember when I first fell in love with hymns. Uh, I don't have a memory of loving church hymns or loving church music very much when I was a kid, but I do remember when I went to college that I got involved in a ministry called RUF, and they did a lot of singing. And it was through this ministry of RUF in their large group that we sang hymns each week as we gathered together in a large group. I instantly fell in love with these old hymns set to new tunes and found my heart and my mind drawn to these these hymns, these songs of praise to help me worship, to help me think about who God is and what He has done. And I remember one such song of praise that I instantly fell in love with, that I sang all the time and found myself wanting to sing it all the time with God's people. And that song was Isaiah 43, a song set to, the, uh, to these words here in the book of Isaiah in chapter 43. The chorus of this song echoed deep down in my soul. I am the Lord, your God, your Savior. We're going to close out our service this morning with this song, with these words of great promise from our Lord and our God, where he says, I am the Lord, your God, your Savior. RUF gave me a a great love for these Christian hymns, and this is One, this is what I remember being drawn to over and over and over, this hymn, because of the great comfort and hope that it provides. And so here in these first few verses of Isaiah 43, they contain some mighty truths from Scripture. The God who made the heavens and the earth, He is my God. He is your God. He is my Savior. He is your Savior. He is my Lord. He is your Lord. For I am the Lord your God. I am the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. What a wonderful truth to read. What a wonderful truth to sing. I cannot wait to sing that with you here shortly. Now contrast that with this terrible idea that a group of celebrities had this past week. They were looking for ways to bring encouragement and hope to our world and the crisis that we find ourselves in. And they decided to sing John Lennon's song, Imagine, which is a terrible song. It offers absolutely no hope. It is a hopeless, godless message. Because right now, it's a time to call one another to hope, and to prayer, and to trust in God, not mindless atheism. We look to the Lord our God who says, I am your Savior, I am with you, do not fear. And so Isaiah 
43 are words of comfort that we can sing to encourage our hearts and refresh our souls. And I'm encouraging you, we are encouraging you as a church to spend as much time as you can in the Old Testament during this season, this unique season that we find ourselves in. Because many of these words of hope and of comfort that we find in the Old Testament scriptures, they were, they were written during unti- in times of uncertainty and fear. They were, they were words of expression by a people who knew nothing else to do but to trust and rely on God and to sing to their souls. So as we read and as we meditate on the Old Testament scriptures, when we see the experience of God's people in uncertain times, may we find hope in God who tells us, do not fear. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. I'm not sure we can read the Old Testament enough right now to find words find the expressions, to find the understanding that we read right now. These words were declared to a people in captivity, a people who were afraid, a people who were scared, but they were the words of truth that they needed to hear from the Lord their God. These are the words of truth that we need to hear this morning. And so our our theme these last few weeks, and it will be until this season is over, is going to be to to focus our hearts, to focus our minds on God, not on our circumstances, not on our fears. We want to focus on the Lord our God and what do these words of comfort teach us about God? That's what I want us to look at in Isaiah 43 this morning. Isaiah 43, this, this passage teaches us three mighty truths about God. First, God cares about our fears. God cares about our fears. Secondly, God has already met our greatest need. Thirdly, God is with us. These are the three truths I want us to focus on this morning. First truth, God cares about our fears. Look at what he says there. The the God who made you, who formed you, he says, fear not. But the first thing I want us to to focus on in these first few verses, and I I do this often, and we need to see who it is that's talking here. What what God is talking to his people here. Many of our English Bibles capitalize L-O-R-D, Lord, capital L-O-R-D, and that is a a, a marker for us to know that this is using the, the formal, proper Hebrew name of God Yahweh or Jehovah. And so when we see capital L-O-R-D, we are to see that we are talking about the Lord God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, the God of his people. Yahweh God is the great I am. He is the, the personal, relational God who is in covenant with his people. And so Yahweh is the covenant name of God. And it is Yahweh God who says to his people, Fear not, for I am with you. Now, why would God say that? Why would he say, fear not, or do not fear? That seems so simple. Because just telling someone not to be afraid 
does not automatically make us not feel afraid. Sometimes words are empty. Sometimes just telling, one, some, telling someone not to be afraid doesn't actually help. It doesn't actually calm someone's fears. But these words from this God, from Yahweh our God, as we see in this context, the one who formed you, the one who made you, the one who made the heavens and the earth, the one who is sovereign over all things, it is he who says, do not fear. I am with you. It is the Lord God Almighty, Yahweh God, who says, do not fear. Think of this. Just like when a child is afraid and the father of the child comes and comforts the child and says, I love you. Do not be afraid. I will protect you. And that child feels safe and comfortable and protected because daddy's got them. Daddy has you. Daddy will protect me, the child feels. It's the same with Yahweh God. He is our heavenly father. And when he says, do not fear, for I am with you, he is the one who actually has the power and the strength to protect us. And so when Yahweh God, the Lord God Almighty says, do not fear, we can rest assured that he has us, that we are safe in his arms, and we need not be afraid, because he is the one who has the power to calm and protect us from all of our fears. I think this is a great application to those of us who are fathers at this time. And so dads, if you're watching right now, just listen to this. I I think this is a good word for us. Let us as fathers, as protectors, as leaders in our homes, let us engage and protect our families, encourage our wives, assure our children Read these words of comfort to them. Lead them in in singing. Do things to make your, your children feel safe and secure. This is our solemn duty as leaders and protectors of our families. And now more than ever. So dads, I implore you, implore you, protect and calm and secure your families. There are two word pictures that are used in this passage to describe the fear that God's people have experienced in the past and how God has protected them in the midst of those fears. Water and fire are used as word pictures here. God's people are said when you, when you're told, when you pass through the waters, God says, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. These words of comfort would have been very familiar to God's people from their past and how God had protected them when the waters of the great flood during Noah's time and the the rivers and the seas that God led his people through uh, when they were wandering in the wilderness, when Moses was leading them out of Egypt, these things that symbolize great destruction and, and fear, God says, I will be with you. The waves will not overcome you. The waters will not destroy you. Because God wants his people to know that he is more powerful than that wall of water in the Red Sea 
that will not overtake them. He is more powerful than the raging rivers of the Jordan that did not sweep God's people away. And so he says, do not fear. I will protect you. The waters will not overcome you. The the fire shall not consume you. God will be with you. The message is this. God cares about our fears. He cares about our fears. He knows that there's scary stuff out there. But he allows us to experience fear and anxiety so that we may hear those words of comfort during those times. Fear not. Do not fear. I am the Lord your God. You will not be overwhelmed by the raging waters. You will not be burned by the fire. God brings us comfort in our time of need. He cares about our fears. These truths are echoed in Romans 8 that we read earlier in the service. Those wonderful truths that nothing, nothing, not fire, not water, not angels, not demon, not even death itself can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do not fear. Nothing can separate us from God's love because God is present. He is in control. Paul Tripp said this, Your life isn't held in the hands of an impersonal, powerful virus, but in the hands of your almighty and eternal loving Lord. What a great promise that our lives are not held in the hands of an impersonal, powerful virus, but in the hands of a personal and mighty God who says, do not fear. God cares about our fears. That's the first truth. The second truth we see from Isaiah 43 is that God has already met our greatest need. God has already met our greatest need need and that is redemption he says i have redeemed you in verse 2 the language of redemption is not is never far away in times of need is it not over and over we read in the scriptures god's promise of redemption how he has redeemed us how he he will redeem us god says to his people i will redeem you and so what is redemption This is a very rich biblical word that we find often in the scriptures. Redemption is that great biblical doctrine that teaches us that God has purchased our salvation. He has saved us from slavery to sin and death. He has redeemed us. We cannot save ourselves, but God has done what we could not do for ourselves. He has sent a redeemer. The Lord Jesus Christ, to die for our sin, to redeem us. This truth, again, is wonderfully defined for us in that passage in Romans 8. Romans 8, 32, it says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? And what this truth is saying, it says, if God has already met our greatest need, and he has, he has met our greatest need, he has provided redemption, salvation in Jesus Christ, how will he not also meet all our other needs? Think of that. 
your greatest need, my greatest need is redemption. And God has met our greatest need. You see, if that's your mindset, if that's the truth that you are clinging to right now, that God has met your greatest need in Christ, then it gives us the the courage, it gives us the strength, it gives us the hope that we need when we're afraid, when we're anxious, when we're worried. These sweet words come to us. God says, fear not, I have redeemed you, says the Lord God Almighty. Brothers and sisters, this is the hope that we need right now. Your greatest need, my greatest need, it's not a cure from the coronavirus. Your greatest need is to be saved from your sin. And God has done that through Jesus Christ. And so if you have not put your trust in him, you could do that today. You could cling to Christ and say that he is your only hope. And that you need saved from your sin and you can follow him as your Lord and Savior. What a wonderful truth for us to remember right now. That God has met. He has already accomplished our greatest need. He has redeemed us through the cross of Christ. What a wonderful truth to remember. The third and final truth that we must cling to from these words is that God is with us. God is with us. He says, fear not, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. The Lord who made the heavens and the earth, the Lord who made me and you, is the Lord God Almighty who says, you are mine. I will be with you. You belong to me. We need not fear because God has redeemed us and he says, You are mine. There's a wonderful children's book by Max Licato by the same name. It's called You Are Mine. If you haven't read that book, pick it up or find it online if you can. It's called You Are Mine by Max Licato. In the story, Punchinello, a wimmick created by the toy maker Eli, thinks that he will only be happy if he's like the other wimmicks. And has lots of stuff. Only will he be happy if he has lots of stuff. But his maker, his creator, Eli, assures him, Punchinello, you're not special because of what you have. You're special because of who you are. You are mine. I love you. Don't forget that, little friend. What a good message for us to remember, that we are special, that we are kept in the arms of our Savior, that He will hold us fast, not because of what we have or what resources we think can save us, but because who we belong to. God says, you are mine. That is what God is telling us from this passage. We belong to Him. God is with us because we are His. Friends, let us not forget this truth. God says, you are mine. At the heart of God's covenant relationship with his people is this truth. He says, I am the Lord your God. You are my people. This is what's called the Emmanuel principle of the covenant. God is with us. 
He is our God, and we are His people. Knowing this truth, it changes everything, especially the way that we face our fears and our anxieties, who we belong to. Derek Thomas says, We are not as conscious as we should be that as Christians we are caring about the very name of our Savior. Think about that. If you are a Christian, you carry the name Christ. We have His name. We belong to Him. We need to be reminded of that. I love the words of the hymn, The Sands of Time Are Sinking. We need to add that in if we can. These words say, Oh, I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. We belong to God. We are His. I know today that many of you, like me, you're worried. You're afraid. You're confused. Maybe you're lonely. Maybe you're angry. Maybe you're anxious. Maybe you're a combination of of all these things. So now more than ever do we need to remember and we need to hold fast to these truths that God cares about our fears, that He has redeemed us. And He says, you are mine. These are the truths that we need right now. This is the focus on the Lord God that we need to have. These are the truths that will calm our fears. It has been said and quoted by many who knows who actually said it, but it's a good truth. We do not know what the future holds, but we know who holds it. It is the Holy One of Israel our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's praise Him. Pray with me. Our God and our Father, again, we thank You for these words of comfort, these words of truth, these words of great hope. You have spoken to us, Your church. Fear not. I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. You are the Holy One of Israel, the Lord our God, our Savior. We thank you, Lord, that you care for us, that you have met our greatest need by providing redemption through Jesus Christ, and that you are with us. Be with us now, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.